I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my business partner, friend, and colleague, Mr. Nick Hodge, who is also an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 248th episode of our weekly therapy session that we like to call Investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk Jerome, we're going to talk gold, we're going to talk uranium, we're going to talk U.S. dollar. We're going to talk lithium. We're going to talk about some spectacular gold results out there. Uh, but before we get into all of that, Mr. Hodge, how goes you today, sir? Tis the season. Tis the season, naughty boy. And um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and all that good stuff. Um, I think we'll be seeing the good people one more time before the holidays. But I'm doing great. We had a nice long weekend in Vegas. Uh, as we talked about last time, flew in the entire team, had some good dinners, saw a fantastic show, um, hilarious, called Absinthe, and celebrated um, your birthday. That's right, which was the the least of uh, the important things that we did. But yes, we did that as well. And so it was good to see everybody and 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 back to it. How are you? Fantastic. It was fun running up the uh, bar tab. I had a great time. It was great Abs. to see everybody. Tabs multiple. Um, <laughs> No, no, look, it was great seeing everyone. It was good to catch up in person. It was great to see you and your lovely wife and uh, back at it, right? Playing a bit of catch up after uh, being out for a couple of extra days. But Jerome has spoken. Let's get right into it. Jerome has spoken and we got ourselves the markets that I, I, I believe we were talking about just last week or the week before where we chatted about the commodity super cycle really starting to perk up. Uranium is at a 15, 16 year high, just blew past. $86 a pound level. That's a straight shot to 100. Gold, 2035. Um, silver broke 24. The US dollar, speaking of broke, seems to be breaking down quickly. It's below the 102 uh, range now in, with, the, with the dollar index, of course. So there's a lot going on. Uh, copper, uh, there's a deficit that seems to be materializing there. A lot to get into. Where do you want to start? Is everything, to is start everything awesome again, Nick? Um, well, you know what my take is going to be and how full my gloss typically is. But um, <laughs> no, I think it's a great trailer, but I don't think it's the feature film. So um, I think you're seeing what's what's going to play out in a much bigger way, but not until later in 2024. Um, and so I, I can articulate that in many ways. But yes. um, basically, I think that, um, you know, the soft landing, hard landing debate is moot until we get uh, another GDP print and a couple of more CPI prints because, um, you know, saying you're going to cut three times and your, you know, Fed funds outlook, you know, looking for a 75 basis points worth of cuts in 2024 is great. Um, but it's not reality in, until it happens. Right. So there's a lot of things that have to happen between now and and, and then and, and we'll see. So. Um, I'm still of the belief that that we get a recession. Interest rates are still telling me that. Um, you mentioned the dollar, so let me comment on that. Um, you'll recall back in July, it got down to, to 98 or 99 and, and quickly reversed and went back up. So um, that remains a possibility. And, and I was telling you in recent weeks that um, November with sort of the, the softness in rates looked like the, the middle of the year. So um, I, I don't want to say that this 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 market is stock market is running on fumes, but it kind of is. I equated it to a game of musical chairs, right? I, I think what you're seeing this week is um, just everybody's still happy that the music is still playing, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'd be interested to see what happens when the the music gets taken away. Or to put it in another context, it's like the 
the coyote running off the cliff, right? Like his right now his wheels are just still turning. He hasn't like had the thing that, that took him down yet. And so <laughs> anyway, I do think we're in a commodity super cycle. I do think we get rate cuts. I think we get a contraction in growth that gives you an opportunity to, to see commodities cheaper um, for a better entry point uh, in, in the next six months. And so um, it's interesting, you know, we've talked a lot about tax law selling. Um, I've been selling some things that I've been looking at like, wait, like, why are you up so much? Like, you shouldn't be up that much, right? Like, because of this dovish talk, right? So when you start to feel like that, like feeling smart, like stuff's going up that you don't think should be, I've taken some profits off the table and it might cost me more in taxes this year, but we were, talk we were talking about a gentleman before we started recording earlier and then he and I were talking about tax law selling and it was, you know, the opinion that he would just pay his taxes for 2023 and wait until 2024 to take his tax losses because he thinks there's going to be a bump, you know, early in the year and, and yeah, he can still sell some at a loss, but not as big of a loss. So the, uh, you still get the tax loss, but you're not, you know, t losing sure. as much money when you take those off the table. So got a, a long wandering answer there. Um, last thing I'd say is yes, rates have fallen. The two year has come down, um, you know, reflecting that dovish posturing. Ten year has come down, reflecting that recession and contracting growth that I've mentioned. Uh, but ultimately, they still remain inverted, um, which tells me a recession has to come. So anyway. <clears throat> I think my first line was pretty good. I think you just got a good trailer around 2024, but it's going to take a lot longer for that feature film to play out. Meanwhile, the fun folks and fine folks and funny folks in Congress just passed an $886 billion defense policy bill. It's oh. bizarro world out there, Nick. Trillion dollar budgets just for the defense department, and we don't have the money to even service the debt, really. I thought you were going to say they were going to build homeless shelters for all the unhoused in the country, but no, we're just going to send the money away. As we do, as we do. We talked gold. Um, looks beautiful, technically. It's a 2035, made a great reversal. It dipped below the 2000 level briefly before Jerome got up there and uh, propped it right back up. How is that looking technically to you? What's the next big technical level that we got to breach in order to get to new all-time highs? It's its own worst enemy because now it has to get above 2100 um, right. for the end of the month or, or the end of the year. And, and I'm not quite sure that it's going to happen. And so you know, while it is in a gold, in a bull market, um, I was just saying, and you were just saying that the dollar pulled back and I was just saying that, that rates have pulled back, which is one of the things that have has allowed gold to do what it's done in the, in the recent weeks. Um, I'm of the opinion that you're going to get a consolidation for the next couple of weeks before you get a breakout to, to new highs. Uh, and just because of what I was saying earlier, right? Like this euphoria about dovishness and cuts, it's it's not going to last every day for the next two weeks, right? Till the end of the year. Uh, there's going to be a day where, you know, something happens or, you know, some Fed governor says something where it's like, oh shit, it's still hawkish or whatever. You know, the, the gold is going to lose $50 in a day and uh, you're going to have an opportunity to to buy it or uh, gold stocks, which remain cheap uh, uh, again. So um, I think that answers your question. It's bullish, um, but it's its own worst enemy. Technically, 2100 seems uh, an awful far uh, an awful far distance away, even though it's not. And so um, anyway, I, I think that's pretty good. You want to talk about Mawson and those were great results. Oh, I, absolutely. And I, I just pulled up the release. I mean, 9.3 meters of 94.9 grams per ton gold by 51% wow. owned as Southern Cross like 900 gold, gram, right? Gram I mean, just absolutely monster, monster hit. 
as great as that hit is, it's still only the third best hole at the Sunday Creek Project, which tells you just how special and how many ounces this thing has the potential to provide the market. So congrats to Mawson. It's one of the few gold companies out there, explorers, that's actually touching, you know, 52-week highs. And again, I agree with you that gold is 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 due for a slight pullback. But again, it's funny the difference a month makes because before we were talking about which quarter or which year gold was going to break out in. And now we're talking about maybe a two-week consolidation period. Mm-hmm to create a new floor and then blast to new all-time highs, right? And I think your point on the gold stocks is spot on. The, the gold stocks are still dirt cheap out there, folks. Make a list, check it twice, and uh, get ready because they're, 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 they're starting to run here soon. And keep your limit orders set, right? Because what Ooh. happens is uh, we get excited or investors get excited. Gold's at you know 2050 or whatever. And they get bid up and then, oh, no, it's in 1990 and they'll lose, right? Like five or 10 percent. And if you have limit orders set at those levels, like you can get those shares um, on pullbacks. And I'm convinced you're going to have an opportunity still uh, before the turn of the calendar. And um, last point on gold is, you know, some of the larger, better managed, more more profitable companies have started to move. Right. Like, yeah. you know, uh, look at Fortuna Silver, or look at Kinross or, you know, look at some of these other um, you know, companies out there that have had good bottom lines, like uh, they're starting to tick higher. And nonetheless, the disparity since the last gold cycle, 2011, 2012, between gold and the gold stocks themselves still has uh, a big gap to close. I got to mention um, that that 9.3 meters of 94.9 grams per ton gold was within a broader interval of 382.3 meters of 3.4 grams oh, per wrong. ton gold equivalent. I mean, just Absolutely fantastic results. Congrats to congrats to the team there. Congrats to Moss and obviously congrats to the fine folks over at Southern Cross. Great, great, great work. Copper deficits. Got to talk copper deficits. Um, you know, we have the closing of one of the world's biggest copper mines in Panama. They are now appealing, you know, the closure, but whether or not that mine comes back online, it's starting to be pretty damn apparent to me that jurisdictional risk should be at the forefront of every resource speculators list for 2024. I think the nationalization of assets in other countries is going to increase. I think it's going to be harder to source the critical metals that we need for, you know, this green revolution, whether you agree with the politics of it or not, and then how it's being done. It's clear to me that the lithium and the copper space are, are are both putting in some pretty important bottoms at these levels. And look, the lithium spot price has been beat up some 75, 80% from all time highs. There's a lot of talk of manipulation. There's a lot of talk of, you know, you can only manipulate a market for six to nine months. We've seen that in the last six to nine months. And, you know, the lithium stocks had a great couple of days here recently on volume, which is rare to close out a year. Typically around this time of the year, it's 14th of December, we're recording this, volumes start to get light and companies start to get shy on the news. And you don't really see too much price action, too much volatility. Complete opposite in the lithium space right now. I'm seeing a lot of traction. That bodes well for you know a lot of the lithium exposure, obviously, that I have with my Patriot position, um, with my Q2 position, with several other private companies that are on the verge of going public that, that provide all heck of a lot of lithium exposure in my portfolio. It's it's, yeah, obviously for me, anyhow, the single most overweight commodity 
in my commodity basket with uh, copper being a close second as far as shares and dollar value. Thoughts on copper? I know you've been looking at that chart, you know, for the past seven years. Uh, what's it looking like to you? What's the charts tell me? I'm, I'm going to give you my thoughts on lithium first. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'll tell you, I've been buying lithium stocks, uh, which is going to probably answer the question about copper because I haven't been buying them as much. So, um, but time frames matter. And so hopefully I remember to talk about that as well. Um, critical elements, lithium. So um, this is a stock that uh, first finance at 30 cents ran to, um, you know, $2 and, and, and such more than that at one point, we had a lot of money sold, um, you know, fall back into it, exercised warrants, et cetera. Um, and now it's back down to 52 week lows in the 80 cent range, right? This is a fully permitted project that, um, is actually getting bigger because they've been doing some uh, exploration work, but nonetheless, um, people have gotten bored with the story because they've, uh, become impatient and waiting for a financing package once sure. the permit came, which has been a year ago now. So um, they couple that with the lithium price that went from from $80,000 a, a ton down to, to I think like thirteen dollars or $14,000 a ton and a spodumene price that went from like $8,000 a ton or, or even more than that to, to $1,500 a ton. Yeah. Um, and you have a stock that is trading at 52-week lows despite being a fully permitted um, and then having past feasibility with a, a net present value, like well over a billion dollars. And so um, I've been buying that stock, right? I think the the selling is overdone. Um, and at the same time, somebody was a couple of smart comments, I guess. Um, it's not a tax loss candidate because I'm not down on my position. I just told you I first financed it at 30 yeah. cents and it sold <laughs> along the way, right? There's no loss to be um, had. And somebody else was uh, wrote in and said, it must be nice to party in Las Vegas while critical elements, you know, it's 52 week lows or whatever. And it's like, why party in Vegas and bought more critical elements? Like, you know, I mean, I mean, I did both. Right. So anyway, um, and I think the one, a couple of things, electric vehicles, you know, are more in the, in the psyche, in the retail investors mind, have more immediate catalyst in terms of monthly and, and quarterly sales numbers in the U S and China. Whereas, uh, copper isn't as much in the, the forefront of the investor's mind and doesn't have as many immediate near-term catalysts and headlines and still has to get through that recession that I was talking about earlier. So yep. still, if you told me you wanted to buy BHP or, or Southern Copper or whatever, I wouldn't blame you. But um, I've done recently what Mr. Dines used to call prodding attacks. And I've bought um. some of these like larger copper miners and I decided to sell them recently. Like I was up, I made a little bit of money, but I don't think this is it, like the go. Um, and so anyway, bullish on copper again in the long term, but I think you got to work through this recession. Do I own copper miners, the speculative ones, you juniors? Sure. Um, uh, but from a macro perspective, I don't think you get that breakout north of, of $4 and, until we get through this recession. I agree with that. You're thinking two quarters? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's two quarters to get positioned, people, because when it goes, that's it's right. going to go. It's going to go the way that uranium is going. Have to talk about uranium. $86. The last that I checked, um, there looks like there's a, a bill that's going to uh, become law banning imports from Russia. And so um, it gives them an out, but still, yeah. A, a, a little bit. You want, you want to talk about the out a bit? Um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, you can ban Russian imports, but uh, if you can't find any and you can get a permission slip, you can still get Russian imports, basically. 
Yeah, there you go. And then, but look, bottom line is the news is absolutely bullish. The market's reacting well. Um, the uranium portion of the portfolio, which is 25% of the entire portfolio, is all, they're all at new all-time highs. UEC, there was a short report, you know, a, a hit piece put out on them yesterday. The stock was down some 15% at one point before macro drivers took the stock right back up to where wow. it was before the report was, right? It ended up closing the day, I'll tell you here in just a second. I missed second. that. Oh, man, it, it, and it was quick, but, you know, it closed today at uh, 673, yeah. 52-week highs. Yeah, 686. So, you know, recovered all of those losses in rather quick fashion. That speaks to the bullishness in the sector, and that speaks to how much runaway we have, folks. I had somebody comment or write in asking, you know, when will be the time to actually start taking profits on, you know, all the positions are up some triple digits. And so the time is going to be when we get that blow off high, you know, the 150, 200 level and everybody's smart and everybody's uranium rich. That's the time to start pressing the button, folks. Right now is most definitely not the time to be pressing the button. To your critical uh, elements uh, point, this is also the time to be pressing the button on the buy side for those lithium names, as you've been doing, Nick. I uh, It's funny. So somebody put a smart-ass comment on Twitter this week, and I had time for it that day, so I actually responded. But um, I, I, I had posted that nobody knows what's coming, and I actually meant every word that I put up there. I said, nobody knows what's coming next with Patriot. Look, there, there's a ton of questions around Patriot, right? When are the assays coming? Is the MOU with Albemarle going to be consummated? I believe it is, but I don't know that is how aggressive would Albemarle be? Are, are they financing the whole thing in exchange for how much of the supply? There is a ton of questions. And the bottom line is nobody knows what's coming. We know assays are coming. We don't know what they are. We don't know if we get them before the holidays. I doubt it, by the way. And there's just a lot of questions that, that, that I think deserve asking. And it's funny to me when all I try to do is reach out to the company and get interviews so that people are informed and you still get people that want to make funny comments instead of actually engaging the serious discussion because look for me it's a consequential position right it isn't 10,000 shares or 20,000 shares it's 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 quite a few shares that I have this is you know a, a, a life changer and in, in many ways for a lot of people and so it's uh it's going to be a pivotal 2024 but there are a lot of answered unanswered questions on the Patriot side that I am looking forward to answers on and I think you know I, I think we're going to start getting some of those answers here in short order. Do we get any of those answers before the end of the year? If, if you know the markets, especially in the junior space, probably not. It's, it's probably going to be on the other side of January. But again, waited this long. It's been a fun year and a half or two. I could wait another uh, month or so. Hopefully it can close that gap in the quiet period until the new year because I have a limit order set for that as well. There you go. There you go. Buy when everyone else is fearful and upset and making smart comments about the stuff. That's how you make money in the space, folks. I mean, I don't I don't know what else to tell you. I don't, you know, like I said, I don't cash in your gains and I don't take your losses. So y'all be accountable and I'll just keep trying to provide as much information as I possibly can whenever I can do it. What else we got? What else is on your mind, Mr. Hodge? What are you looking at as a contrarian? What are you we talked about lithium and you getting into that space. What else are you dabbling in right now? I know you were talking um, cannabis stocks about a month or so ago, and I wanted to follow back up on that. Yeah, let me look at I can talk about cannabis stocks for one second, but I was going to give you a different answer. Um, God, they've been all over the place. So, um, 
you need legislation, and it doesn't look like we're going to get to it this year. Um, I'm not sure if it becomes a, a, a election issue next year, considering that it is a presidential election year. But so far, what I've seen from Biden says um, or tells me that he's not really interested in making that like a crown jewel of his um, campaign. But we'll see. I mean, he is sort of desperate and, and behind in the polls. That would certainly propel them higher. I haven't been an active buyer. I have an ETF position that I've um, held and have been up on at times this year and, and down on at times this year. It's sort of, you know, the news has sort of um, made the space be volatile. You'll remember earlier this year, the um, Department of Health and Human Services, it was told the DEA that they, you know, should reschedule uh, marijuana. Um, that rumor was bought. Stocks went up. People realized that it was not going to materialize. Stocks went back down. And then here are the past two months, um, the stocks have been been bid back up. Um, I'm not sure what that is. There was, you know, some talk of loosening of, of interstate commerce laws. That's really what's going to be the the next yeah. um, catalyst forward uh, outside of a uh, nationwide legislation. Um, there's been some individual states that advanced, like Ohio went legal in November or December, um, I believe it was. And so um, you're getting close to half the states in the union that have now legalized. But it's not something that's, you know, actively on my radar that I'm buying. I was going to tell you something more macro um, that we started buying this month is um, a utility stock um, or utilities in, in general, right? That's a real rate sensitive sector. And it sort of speaks to what I was talking about at the beginning of this podcast, right? When rates are going up, utilities don't do well, right? Because they rely a lot on finance for their, you know, their huge operations and capital intensive infrastructure and such. So as same with real estate, and those yep. two have been the worst performing sectors over the past year or so, right? During this hiking cycle. In the December issue of Foundational Profits, I had a big write-up about a utility stock, right? Looking out, saying, like, I don't expect the Fed to pivot immediately, which is what um, I was just telling you that. Yep. Over the course of 2024, I do expect rates to start to come down. And so let's start looking at these utilities and identifying the, the one we want to buy. So um, I think that's sort of a contrarian thing, given that it was one of the, if not the worst performing sector of the, the year in the S&P. Worth noting, mortgage rates, you know, that were as high as 8%, just dropped to the lowest since August at 6.6%. Uh, I, I, I was looking mm -hmm. this morning just, you know, for kicks. Um, that dollar that dollar breakdown, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's definitely accelerating. It's definitely got some volume behind it. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the dollar index trading in double digits instead of triple digits here in very, very short order. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, it ticked 98 or 99 in July. So if it holds there, it could go back up. But yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. You could see it break down below 100. Yep. yep, definitely. Definitely. What else is on your mind, Mr. Hodge? What else do we want to get into this week? I know that people are in the holiday mode and, and, and you know, we try to make it a little bit more efficient a process here going into that. But I, uh, I know there were a couple of things that you wanted to chat about. The, 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 I put two things on the list. So um, one is the turkey of the year. Speaking of holiday mode, we just had Thanksgiving and um, there's a website um, and a gentleman who writes about newsletters, stock financial newsletters, and keeps track of the promos that um, we put out to um, attract new buyers to our services. And um, from my experience over the years, he's been relatively fair in the the feedback he's given and has sure. even, you know, given us his blessing um, on some of the picks that we've put out as far as, you know, why they are good speculation. Sure. And so um, I've never had much beef with the guy, but he does give away the teaser picks for the promotions <laughs> that all publishers put out. And for that, I sort of respect him, right? That's a great idea and a, and a great business model. But anyway, 
Um, he models them all going back for like a decade. He keeps lists of all the promoted stocks. And every year he puts out a turkey of the year on Thanksgiving. So yep. um, the the stock that was promoted by a newsletter that had the worst return for the year. <laughs> um, and if you'll recall earlier in this year, I was being pretty loud and, and even last year about these new types of batteries that were being promoted and how there was going to be um, a lithium killer every day and a Tesla killer every day. And there was a new type of battery. And we even made fun of some of them on this podcast. There was oh, one yeah. where, um, right, where Nomi Prinz was drinking um, liquid to start out the the promo and the headline was about liquid energy and it was so safe that you could drink it. And I was telling you um, <laughs> it, in no mince terms that that was absolute fucking bullshit. bullshit. That it, it wasn't going to work out. Um, I was also telling you that the recycling wasn't going to work like recycling is going to happen for lithium. But even over the next 10 years, the debt that it's going to make is like a small portion of um, the overall, you know, lithium that you're going to actually need to be, you know, mined and make these batteries. So anyway, um, it was a sweet, sweet justice when the Turkey of the Year list came out and the absolute worst performing promoted newsletter stock of the year was the liquid energy stock. Um, do I still have the article up? I think I do. Let me see if I can find uh, uh, the We're petty. I'm sure you have it bookmarked. <laughs> yeah, I have it here. I'm looking for the table, though, how much it's actually <laughs> down. It's only... Uh, so there's Lion Electric. She promoted was down 86% um, since she started promoting it. Um, and that the ESS Tech, which is the liquid battery one, the liquid energy one, ESS Tech is down 70%. Um, and then there was a lithium recycling one called Lie Cycle, L-I Cycle, that was down. Um, wow, that should have been the turkey, 89%. But anyway, I was telling you that stuff was going to work. And so to be clear, yes, lithium stocks have not had the best year, but they aren't down uh, in that no. 70 to, to 80% range. Nope. Um, and in fact, they're up from levels that in the Q2s and the PMETs of the world, certainly from the levels that, that we finance them at. And so um, no digest publishing names on, on that list, to be clear. And um, we're certainly on his radar because he was writing up the promotion. So I don't know if you have anything to add there, but um, things look good on paper. Tesla killers sound cool. New batteries sound cool. But as I was saying six months ago, like when you've got the entire um supply battery supply chain the panasonics of the world the bids of the world the teslas of the world on down the line right um the catls it, committing hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars to lithium ion cells and the lithium supply yep. chain that inertia is so great that you can't just like new battery liquid battery like other thing like it just doesn't work that way and so um you can improve the lithium cells to be sure and i'm very interested in companies that are doing that you can, as I, and I've said that six months ago too, you can change the chemistry of the, the anode and the cathode, but at the end of the day, it's still a lithium ion battery. It will be so for the next decade. Um, so congratulations to the turkeys of the year. Congratulations to the turkeys of the year at all. Nick and I rarely disagree on things. I think probably one of the few things that we can agree on is who's more petty, him or I. So just... So y'all know we have long memories and we don't tend to forget slights very easily because we're both petty as hell, y'all. It's just a matter of do I have time to address you that day, but sooner or later it always catches up. So anyhow. Oh, I uh, got yeah, lots of screenshots and folders <laughs> and spreadsheets. 
You wanted to talk about homelessness too, switching subjects a little bit, something more serious. <laughs> so, uh, all, yeah, and yeah, we try to do positive stories every once in a while. And I've talked about homelessness, I feel like a fair amount over the years and various solutions. I think the last time I was telling you about, I think it was a province in Canada that was giving people money. And I've increasingly come around to that aspect of a universal basic income. The studies show that you give people money. Um, as long as there's parameters about drug use, et cetera, that they end up doing better than if you don't give them money, which isn't that big of a shot. Um, so anyway, <laughs> what Vino did is um, they built this giant tent city, man. It cost like $17 million. They built it in 2021. Um, and um, it houses uh, homeless people, obviously. It's got a metal detector at the gate. Um, no weapons allowed inside, no drugs allowed inside. It's, it's kind of like a prison in that respect. No visitors, not even family. Um, but while you're living in it, you can get resources, resources to find a job. They'll pay for you to, you know, go to job interviews, all that sort of stuff. And so, um, they've reduced the homeless population by half, over half, like 58% in two years. Wow. Um, and, and I don't know about the majority, but. Um, a, a portion of the people that have, you know, lived in this facility then go on. There's an adjacent facility to it where they've imported, think of like a mining camp or something where the right. workers stay. They build like one red, one bedroom um, temporary housing that they can rent once they come out of the, of the tent city for a certain, like a low amount a month. Um, and so anyway, it's worked. Like I say, they've reduced the numbers by half. Um, people in the city uh, seem to like the plan. My question is about NIMBYism, like, I wonder how people felt about them building this tent city when they, it was first announced, like next to their business or next to their neighborhood. But, you know, there's always going to be NIMBYism. But nonetheless, um, a, the article, it was a Wall Street Journal article, was comparing it to like California's approach. And they've spent, so this was $20 million basically for Reno. The California, which is obviously much bigger than Reno, but sure. nonetheless, they've spent $20 billion since, oh God, can I find it? Well, while you find it, I'll, I'll say one thing, too. We just had, you know, a generational talent um, signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers, Otani. No, and Otani, sure. And, and, and look, part of the reason he, he, that he signed with L.A. Instead, instead of San Francisco was the homelessness problem in San Francisco. San Francisco mm -hmm. made him the exact same offer with the exact same structure. And he wanted to stay in California, but, uh, you know, ultimately signed with the LA Dodgers and you know, his, his, some of his team cited the fact that there's a perception that San Francisco is a trouble spot. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Oh, that in, yeah. It's not perception. <laughs> it's real. It's very much real. Uh, that's how they worded it. But look, I don't think it's a coincidence that the giants have failed to attract any major free agents thus far, not saying it can't happen, not saying there's not, you know, contingencies of place to keep the players safe, but it definitely has taken, you know, a, a, a horrible turn for the worst specifically in san francisco yeah so i have some comments on that but the other thing reno does is and i get back to california uh -huh. that tent city now allows enough beds that they can basically kick people off the street right because there's a ninth the ninth ninth circuit supreme court ruling that says if a city doesn't have enough beds that it can't make public camping illegal right that's right. been one of the problems here in spokane so with this tent city, Reno has enough beds for all the homeless that it can, you know, make it illegal to camp in public. So we can get them, you know, into these tents or otherwise, you know, at least uh, off the streets. So anyway, California has spent 20 billion in the past five years and they still have 50 percent of the nation's homeless. And so for context, because context is always important, um, California is like 
um, <clears throat> the fifth biggest economy in the world. And so they're like, you know, 20% or something of the, of the U S economy. And so, um, 20, 25% of the economy, but 50% of the homelessness. I mean, that's sort of pretty good context there, despite spending 20 billion where Reno's cut it in half just by giving them a, a free house and spending 20 million. So, and then on the, on the Otani stuff, yeah, no, it's a quality of life, man. I mean, not only does it suck to be homeless, obviously, like put yourself yeah. in their shoes, but yep. for, you know, quote unquote, productive members of society, like it doesn't, it's not good for a city or for, you know, quality of life or for the morale or psyche of the populace to, yeah. you know, get up at five or six o'clock in the morning and drive to work and, you know, try to be all happy and hunky dory and, you know, have to drive by grovelers or panting in the layers at every That doesn't make for a no. good start to the day, right? Like. You're bopping to your ice cube on the way to on the way to on the way to work, and you gotta trying like, to make it, it a good day. The, yeah, <laughs> you got to turn it down at the corner because like you're offended or you feel offended because you shouldn't be in a good mood while this guy doesn't have a house. Yeah, um, and I think that has ripple effects in society, and so it's just a big problem in general, and has obviously gotten worse. But uh, I think the, the takeaway is that there are solutions out there. Do they cost money? Yes, but. What's twenty million for a homeless shelter that gets human beings, you know, out of the cold and the heat and on a better, a proven better path? Um, while you're passing, as you just said, eight hundred billion dollar, um, you know, spending bills on Congress that's not even going to go to the U.S. So yeah. Anyway, um, just so I think about homelessness and when I see articles like that, I I try to make sure other people hear about them. Yeah. Uh, again, worth uh, worth <laughs> noting that we we're still in the middle of two wars, right? We got everything still going on in the Middle East, which is just horrific, right? And it still hurts my heart just to see the images that come out of there. Um, and the U.S. is still still funding the Ukraine, despite you know lip service saying that 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 may be coming to an end. And uh, it's still a bizarre world out there, everybody. So look, I know that uh, we're we're getting a little long winded here. On what was supposed to be a, a shortish episode, I think 33, 34 minutes is uh, a pretty good place to bookmark everything. I'm supposed to remind y'all to go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe for Nick and my thoughts along with our talented group of editors on all things ranging from gold to AI to crypto to uranium. Um, absolutely free information, free content, tons of it. We, I, I, I can't let you go without asking you about Bitcoin. It, we got a little bit of a consolidation. It ran to forty five thousand, sitting at forty two as we speak. Are we, are we, are we getting ready for that next thing higher? Oh, well, you know, I don't know. Um, what I would say is that it is bullish. Um, I have even considered allocating to it in letters, you know, via ETFs and stuff. But um, it's on a short leash, so it's very much liquidity driven and. Um, I guess I haven't decided if, if the risk is worth waiting in yet until there's like a, a clear, clear breakout. So um, it is bullish. And yeah, no, I think it could go higher, especially when you get the, the true dovishness from the Fed. So uh, back to the original answer yeah. I gave you, you know, 33 minutes ago, um, you're getting a very good preview of, of what 2024 is going to look like. It. Um, I'd be interested to see what happens when you get... Um, contractionary economic prints to both Bitcoin uh, and gold in the, you know, the short to intermediate term as opposed to the, the next 12 to 18 months. Um, and there was one more thing I was going to say. You won't be hearing from us before Christmas. I just looked at the calendar. It's really getting away from me. I thought we were at another week or two. I thought so too. <laughs> the next episode you'll get will be on the 26th. So um, make sure you buy um, all your presents, send all your cards and and have yourselves a, a, a wonderful 
uh, Christmas. But we will have an episode out the day after that we record before Christmas that you can look forward to. There you go. We should uh, we we should send out the the first episode and just offend everyone. <laughs> <laughs> You guys think we're not polite now? Two hundred and forty-seven episodes ago, it was a different landscape, and tell us to tone it down a little bit. For One a day I have to go back and watch him. I'm glad we have this historical record. So good, the kids will get a kick out of it when they get older. Man, anyhow, Very I hope good. everybody has a phenomenal Christmas, holiday, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, man. I hope it's peaceful. I hope it's surrounded by loved ones, and um, be kind to each other out there, everybody. I'm Gerardo Del Real. It's been fun hanging out with you, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was the 248th episode of our weekly therapy session that we like to call Investing in Bizarro World. Nick, words of wisdom? No words of wisdom. Enjoy the holiday. Uh, hopefully you can spend it with people you love, and then we'll see you back here in a week. Take care, y'all. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.